Hey there, my name is Oshin Lunny and this is Audio Matters, a weekly podcast on all things audio presented to you by Harman. This episode is all about in-car audio, specifically about moving from RPM or revolutions per minute to EPM or experiences per mile. And my hat trick of expert guests are Riley Winton, the manager of UX Concept at Harman International, Chris Ludwig, the Vice President of the Epic Experience Team at Harman International, and Bill Wyman, the VP of Global Marketing for Car Audio at Harman International. Welcome all to the Audio Matters podcast. Thank you. Oh, thanks for having us. Now, as this episode is being recorded, we're reaching day 53 of the COVID-19 lockdown here in sunny Spain. And my lockdown beard is edging towards Robinson Crusoe territory. (laughs) But the lockdown measures are gradually being lifted. Now, as we spoke about with our guests in last week's episode of Audio Matters, the lockdown has been inspiring people to get back in touch with great audio, from high-res streaming formats to high-end playback equipment in the home. But... What happens when people who've been working from home and enjoying this reconnection with active listening start to commute to work again? What are the implications for in-car audio and what happens to the experience economy on wheels? So um, let's start at the beginning. Bill, talk to us a bit about what EPM actually means and why it's important. Yeah, thank you very much. So a couple of things are really going on right now. There are a convergence of trends both in automotive and with consumers that are taking place right now that is creating this opportunity for experiences per mile, EPM. If you think about in the past, getting into a car or buying a car, you always talked about how much horsepower, what's the turning radius, what's the torque of a vehicle. Those are the RPM measures. Now people want to know what kind of experiences can I have inside the car? How can that car become time well spent rather than just time commuting? And some of the key trends that are going to really reform and reshape the way we think about it, cars are all connected. Every car coming off the line now is connected and it can connect to other vehicles, connects to your phone, connects to navigation. Autonomous, that's the second area, big trend. We're moving in that direction. More and more vehicles are becoming, or at least having autonomous capabilities, if not moving all the way to full autonomy, but full autonomy will be here probably sooner than we believe. The shared economy, that's the third area that's a huge trend. Shared mobility. If you think about the Ubers and the Lyfts of the world, people are getting really used to this idea of, I don't need to have my own car. I can just order one up and it shows up in two minutes right when I need it and it takes me where I need to go. This is a huge trend that's going to help shape the experiences people want inside of the vehicle. And then electrification. Electrification is going to mean the sound of the cabin, the power of the cabin, even placement of where you can put different objects like a steering wheel, like a subwoofer, they can be in new places because of the electrification of the vehicle. So all of those, we call those CASE, by the way, C-A-S-E, Connected Autonomous Shared and Electrification. Those are converging with the experience economy. Consumers want experiences. We see, it, we see it starting probably five to seven years ago, really in the luxury space, where material luxury was no longer cachet. It was what kind of experiences could somebody have. And now that is really mainstream, especially with the millennial audience. They want experiences and they expect everything that they touch, everything they interact with 
to enhance their life and be a great experience. The car is no different. So we see this convergence going on. EPM experiences per mile is going to be the way OEMs and companies like Harman unlock true value for consumers going forward. Wow, fantastic. That's absolutely fascinating. You mentioned the words experience economy. I couldn't agree with you more. I'm a child of the 70s. Uh, Coffee back in the day was just coffee, but now people pay for the Starbucks experience. Um, So so Riley, you you actually work with user experience. Talk to us a bit about how the in-car experience could be about more than just driving these days. Yeah, absolutely. Well, for that example, let me talk a little bit about music specifically. Now, before I get too into it, obviously, this is about a lot more than just music, you know. But what's cool about music and especially the realm we we live in and work in every day is it's so universal, right? So music is it can be meant to be just passively enjoyed, right? Just sitting, enjoying, listening to high quality audio. But music can actually also be a bit of a tool. Uh, and actually, I'll give you a, a quick example. I, I sure hope a lot of people out there listening have experienced something like this. But I had a really powerful, simple example the other day, and it just kind of reminded me about how this all can tie things together. So uh, with this lockdown, of course, we have, we're have we all at home, stuck, looking for projects to do. So uh, my wife and I have been redoing our, our bathroom, our master bathroom. So I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment. So I decided to do basically the whole thing myself. And uh, in that process, you know, I'm in there, there's dust, there's mess, there's tools, parts, everything, right? And I, I found myself in a just a really terrible mood, right? Really grumpy. And I'm sure, again, hopefully people know what this mood is like because your quality <laughs> of work starts to suffer, your speed is suffering, my relationship with my wife is starting to suffer. I mean, there's a lot of factors to it. So with that said, out of nowhere, almost on cue, my wife walks in and brings the JBL Extreme, right? Our portable Bluetooth speaker. She just sets it down in the room next door and turns on just a generic funk and blues playlist, right? And I'm not even kidding, within a matter of seconds, everything started to get better. I, my, my shoulders relaxed, my body relaxed. I started moving faster, higher quality of work, more efficient, all because of this emotional impact from this music. And if we then take that to the car audio space, like, like Bill just talked about, this connected and autonomous shared electrification, all these mega trends, well, the car going forward isn't just a car, right? The car is going to cover multiple use cases. It can be another living room, another bedroom. It can be a pure entertainment space. And then when we then combine that with the power of music and audio and the whole experience, we can use this as really just another lever to, to pull in different directions to get you more, uh, like Bill said, time well spent rather than just a commute. Um, I'll give you one more quick example. We did a a technology a few years ago, totally relevant to all this, called Music Motivator. And the idea is, um, again, can we use music to actually make your time better well spent in the car? Um, So say you wake up in the morning, maybe you're looking for your routine, right? Everyone with all this lockdown, of course, is hoping to get back to their routines very soon. Well, maybe you're driving to the gym in the morning, uh, you're groggy, you're tired, you're trying to get your body moving, get the blood flowing. Well, why can't we use music to do that for you? So that rather than getting to the gym and wasting half of your workout just trying to get, you know, come up online, you can already be up and running and, and ready for action by the time you get there. Um, and we can do that with a lot of different ways. I, I don't want to go full tech out here, but we can do uh, biometric sensors so we can actually figure out what your mood is and adjust accordingly. We can do curated content, you know, what playlist you play whether you're trying to ramp up your mood or maybe relax at the end of a day, 
really a lot of different things. And this is, again, just one simple example of how we can use music as kind of the centerpiece of that. And then couple it, of course, with lighting and movement and, and other elements in the car. Wow, fantastic. Plug me in. Uh, that sounds absolutely amazing. Anything that can get rid of my grogginess in the morning is uh, worth any amount of money. Uh, <laughs> th- <laughs> thank you for that. That's pretty inspiring. Um, so, Chris, I, I know that you work a lot with audio overall. It plays a huge role in the driving experience. It's about more than just music playback. So talk to us a bit about the broader role of audio within the driving experience and how are you working with these scenarios? Absolutely. Yeah, we've been doing a, a lot of work um, for quite a, quite a number of years here. It's about you know, how, how do we expand the role of audio within the vehicle, particularly as Bill alluded to on experiences per mile, because it's not quite frankly just about only listening to music because we can leverage audio to, to enhance a lot of really human-centric problems that are out there today. Um, one of them being phone calls, as an example. So uh, I think at CES back in 2019, we rolled out a, uh, a package called Premium Communications. And that whole message of that necessarily wasn't about just music. It was about how, to, how do we really enhance the phone call experience to something that's a much bigger experience than traditional. I'm sure every person out there, you know, has has experienced, you know, phone calls in a car are tr- traditionally not the best experience, both for the person in the vehicle, but also for the person on the far end of the on the far end of the call. And our, our technology leveraging actually a suite of technologies. Um, one of them is ClearChat, um, which actually cleans up all of the noise and other people in the in the actual vehicle such that the person on the far end of the call has a much enjoyable experience. Um, a little personal story, even at, at CES, we, uh, um, we demonstrated this, and uh, my family was actually used to, to be able to show this off. Um, it, it, it was quite funny. I've, I've got four daughters. <laughs> so um, the, the scenario that we use is I, I, we actually got four of my, my four kids in the car. My youngest um, at the time, was uh, she was three. And uh, she, she's quite a handful. So the scenario was, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate. You're trying to be on an important work phone call and your kids are screaming and, you know, they, they want to hear their music. But, you know, you don't want your boss or somebody on the other end. They necessarily hear all that. So um, we depicted that example quite, uh, quite elegantly, I will say, as my as my as my three year old is cussing in the background, <laughs> showing all kinds of expl- expletives, um, it, and everybody else was laughing because they were just entertained by her. But yet, on the on the far end of the call, you couldn't hear any of it. So it was a it was a priceless wow. way of really showing a a truly unique experience um, that was very beneficial. Recreating that phone call experience, leveraging audio in, in order to do that to ultimately bring about greater experience um, that really are solving human problems. The, the way we approach it is we try to find those pain points for consumers, drivers, passengers in the car, and, and how can our audio expertise help solve that? And to Chris's point, it can go w- goes well beyond music, but you know, we really identified this pain point. Everybody hates the phone call in the car. So how can we fix it? And the team being able to provide this, the different technologies to be able to make sure every single person in the car could enjoy that phone call. Even as simple as when you're talking to grandma and you want to pass that phone call back to the kids in the back seat, we have a technology that allows you to move the phone call from the driver to the kids in the back seat. 
So now they can hear grandma perfectly. The kids aren't screaming over and trying to yell so grandma can hear. They can have a great conversation and then the conversation's over, you pass it right back. So every aspect of a phone call, how do you make it that perfect phone call? And that, that's what the team really set out to do. And Chris and his team um, were able to do just the experience that we showed at CES just blew people away. It, it's really awesome when you, when you focus in on the consumer and you have those consumer-centric solves makes a huge difference. Yeah. And we only, uh, just to build on that a bit, we, we also, in that scenario, it wasn't just about the person on the call. It was for the other passengers in the vehicle as well, because when the person was on the call, um, was, was having a conversation, um, the other people can continue to listen to music. So you're, you're, you're actually solving for the phone, the, the primary participant, but also the secondary participant. So it's really this overall holistic uh, experiences that we're that we're really crafting and and that's really how we approach um, the whole design process is we we want to think about it in in multiple dimensions it's not just solving for 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 just oh I'm a person on the call so no what's the use cases family members you know how do we make sure everybody in the vehicle um, has an enhanced experience um, th- through audio and sound in general yeah because you definitely don't want to interrupt baby shark when the kids no. are in <laughs> I need the baby shark cancel button right now. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, so uh, you shared a lot of examples where these are real solutions for real people. It's advanced user experience design solutions based on actual consumer pain points, not just the driver, but the whole spectrum of people who interact with uh, in-car audio. Um, where do you get inspiration for your ideas? Does some of your personal life come into these solutions or into your research even? Absolutely. On my side, at least, the, the example that I just gave was truly born out of personal, personal <laughs> necessity. Um, and that was a real life example, um, for sure. And, and there's, there, you know, there, there's countless others as we talk about, you know, music in the vehicle. Um, you know, I think, you know, Riley and myself specifically are musicians and we, we love music. And, you know, how, how do we enhance that overall experience in the car? Um, one of the other technologies that we've been working on is a technology called Personify. And it's really born out of, of human hearing. And, you know, I think all of us, you know, being musicians, fortunately, unfortunately, and pl- you combine that plus age, um, the older we get, the, <laughs> our hearing doesn't necessarily follow us um, as good as we would like. So, um through, through a lot of research um, through, um, from our team in, in Northridge, um, Dr. Sean Olive specifically um, had done on how you, uh, as you age, how can we correct for some of the aggregate hearing loss that can happen over time? And we developed a technology called Personify that based upon your age, your gender, your listening experience can, can do that for you such that when you're in your car or you're headphones or, you know, your portable devices, um, that hearing profile can follow you, you know, for, from different elements of your life, um, which is pretty cool. In fact, I, I'll tell you just in, in lockdown here, um, I, I, I drive a Volvo XC90 um, with our with our Bowers and Wilkins system in it. And um, I've added the, the Personify feature to that. And I have missed it <laughs> because, you know, I haven't been able to drive and commute to work. And that was one of the times that I really enjoyed my listening to music. And particularly with this added technology, it was, it was a, again, a, a bit of a personal sanctuary for me. How often do you hear somebody say they enjoy their commute? 
<laughs> but, 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 that's, but that's the type of technologies and experiences that we're bringing to life. All of a sudden, yeah. that commute time for Chris and many others, it's like, this is great. I want to get in my car. You know, for, 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 for me, I also have an XC90, so it's a phenomenal system. Chris, you haven't given me the Personify yet. I need to get yeah, that. But it, it's, a, it's the same thing. I, I come home from work and I'll, sit, I'll stay in the car and listen to music for the extra 10 minutes, a couple extra songs before I have to jump into the house. So, yeah, th- I, I think it's awesome. But going back to the question about where do we get the inspiration real quick, I think there's really – so obviously our personal experiences 100% lead into it. Another key area is consumer trends, insights, and we have a very robust body of work going on to understand what is critically important to the consumer. And we're sitting with consumers, we're watching them in their cars, we're trying to understand what things they do, what they can't do, what they would like to do, bringing those insights into the team then to create the solutions. And then the third area is really, we just have brilliant engineers who come up with some amazing ideas. And those three things from our personal experiences, the consumer insights, and the engineers coming together, we're going to have a robust roadmap of new innovations and new technologies and new experiences year after year after year. Fantastic. Uh, That's so interesting. And it sounds like you're very much at the cutting edge of this technology. Uh, So so Riley, you're involved in user experience design. Experiences are very personal, as we've just heard there. You've, You've spoken about some great technology that's involved. Take us a bit under the hood of these systems and what kind of tech is involved, if you can share a bit of that. Sure. Yeah. Well, I'll just build off the one Chris was talking about with Personify. So it's such a cool technology because it's really right at the intersection of the subjective and the objective. And Chris already alluded to some of it, like first starting with the objective things. What I mean by that is something you can measure, right? Just there's no opinion involved. It's a measurement, it's science, it's math. And especially with a lot of audio purists out there, which I mean, all of us are to at least a degree, you have to have certain things, right? You to have quote, good sound, You've got to have flat frequency response. It has to be linear, you know, good spatial uh, reproduction, all these different audio related things. But what's so cool is with music, it's subjective. So there really is no right or wrong answer. Right. And that's where Personify is so key is it it really straddles the line between those two domains. So I'll, I'll go through three specific things that Personify does. The first is device correction. So so you got this Personify system on your phone or on your head unit or, or whatever your device is. Well, whatever speakers you're listening to may have some problems already. Uh, if Obviously not if they're Harman products, because that's, that's not possible. But <laughs> if you're listening to a competitor or whatever system out there, maybe it's missing, I don't know, 50 hertz of, of bass frequency. Or maybe there's this really sharp peak right in the vocal region at like one kilohertz and it like pierces your ear and kind of hurts. Well, Personify will basically measure for that and fix that. Or, or um, based on our library of all these, or catalog of devices that we have at our disposal. So there's that's kind of like objective step one, right? Fix the major issues with the speaker system. From there, and again, Chris alluded to this one, but hearing compensation. So you actually take a real hearing test, just like at the audiology lab, and we can determine what's your individual listening curve, like what your ear-brain combination can hear and where your deficiencies are, where you may be very sensitive to certain frequencies. And then we can compensate for that. So again, that's kind of objective step two. 
And then the last step, which is really where it comes all together, is preference. Because again, music is subjective, right? Some people just like more bass. Some people like less bass or treble. Or some people like super wide uh, stereo, like really big in-your-face sound imaging. Others want a very traditional, uh, narrow kind of stereo purist setup. And again, Personify can basically give you all of that. And the coolest part, again, going back to those mega trends and we talk about the cohesive user experience, it ties it together no matter where you're listening. So you get in your car, you've got your sound that has your hearing, your speakers corrected for, and your preference. You get out, you go into your living room with your, your Harman Kardon setup or whatever it may be, and we have the same sound reproduced there. And once it's set up and, and working, there's there's no interaction, right? It's just seamless, it just works, and you always have your personal sound that's objectively correct and subjectively correct for you. Wow, fantastic. Bill, a little while ago, you spoke about the importance of connectivity. And, you know, we have cool new technologies like 5G around the corner, the introduction of this experience economy mindset to things that used to be just run of the mill and could could even be commoditized. Talk to us a bit about what potential there is for the in-car audio system of the future if you're taking into account things like connectivity and this uh, experience design mindset. Um, you know, what kind of cool stuff might be around the corner? Yeah, sure. So uh, it, I'm glad you brought up 5G because uh, 5G is going to be an amazing unlock. Just the, the the amount of information that can be shared in both directions, well, all directions, is going to really enhance the ability to deliver experiences people want when they want them. And almost intuitively, w- almost without being able to or, or needing to ask for it. So let, let me give you an, an example. And it's a combination of consumer behavior and audio coming together. Um, but it, it really solves a significantly bigger um, opportunity. So at, let's say we're, um, let's go three years in the future and I'm getting into the car and the car is now reading the reason why I'm getting in the car. I'm going to the grocery store. It can also read my shopping list and it says, oh, you're going to the grocery store and here's everything on your shopping list. It will also be able to look at my my calendar. Some of these things it can do today. Uh, It looks at my calendar and says, oh, you've got a birthday party on Saturday. So the combination of me going to to the supermarket uh, shopping list and my schedule telling that I have a birthday party, the car says, let me feed this information up into the Harman Cloud and see what kind of beneficial uh, details, additional information I can deliver back to the consumer, me being the consumer in the car. The car will then send me a message that says, hey, I looked through your shopping list and I noticed you didn't have any Pepsi on there. They, the, the car has pinged Pepsi and said, by the way, Bill is onto the sh- supermarket. He needs Pepsi. Do you want to send him an ad? Do you want to send him an offer? They will send back to me hey, you're having a party this weekend. Don't forget your Pepsi. Now, in some worlds, that's really, really creepy. (laughs) In in the world where (laughs) I have signed up for this and I've said, I want to be a part of this ecosystem, that's amazing information because now I get to the store and hopefully they've given me a dollar coupon as well as they've reminded me to get my Pepsi. It makes my party complete. Think about that experience. My 15-minute ride to the grocery store has now ensured that my party is successful. Those are the types of things that we're going to be able to deliver to consumers in the not-too-distant future. 
And it really is going to be incredibly powerful. But the key is people wanting to opt into it. So as we show people the capabilities here, it really has to come through very clearly the benefit that people will receive by opting in, sharing their information, and allowing the car to become this ultimate marketing machine that it has the potential to be. Uh, that's incredible. I mean, it really does move very dramatically away from the concept of the automotive industry going towards commoditization and, you know, just becoming, as somebody said, dumb pods. They become very smart, very integrated uh, parts of our uh, connected lives. That's that's really fascinating. Yeah. And it just if, if I can just build on that real quick, two, two things to think about. One is the, the commodity part of it. So it, we don't want the car to become a transportation pod. All it needs to do is take me from A to B. That destroys a lot of value opportunity. So these types of experiences help uh, eliminate that. The other thing to think about when we get into autonomous and shared economy, there's an expectation that something like 40% of the vehicles that are produced today disappear. So imagine if you're an OEM and you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, 40% of my revenue stream is going to dry up. What do I do? Well, what you need to do is create amazing experiences inside the car that people are willing to pay for, or better yet, other people are willing to pay for. And that advertising element, really, I think, think about Google. Who thought that search should be free? I don't know. Maybe it should always be free. The only reason why it's free, I'm doing air finger quotes over here, is because there's advertisers willing to pay for it. They're willing to pay for our eyeballs in those searches. Same thing in the car. If I I have a 90-minute commute each way, so I'm spending a boatload of time in the car, if some of that time can be paid for by advertisers because I'm opting into it, now that creates this value proposition for the OEMs to hopefully replace some of that 40% of potential revenue lost in the coming years. Wow, that that is a big slice of revenue. I mean, I, I can imagine the interest in the EPM philosophy and the EPM technology from the automotive industry is intense, or it's going to be intense if it's not already. Yeah, a very cool partnership there. Um, so Chris, talk to us a bit about this paradigm shift towards the experience economy. And as we've heard from Riley and Bill, this whole idea of EPM is about the sum being greater than the parts. There's all these different ingredients coming into play and just making consumers' lives that much better. Was there a moment where this resonated for you? So anything from your, your personal life where this whole concept of the experience economy really shone through and it's influenced your work? Yeah, a- absolutely. Uh, a little bit personal funny-ish story, I guess. But for, for <laughs> my side, is I, uh, uh, I've got a teenage daughter and um, uh, a couple of years ago, she, uh, she for her birthday, she wanted uh, tickets to go see uh, Twenty One Pilots. And uh, s- similar to you, I'm a child of the '70s, so uh, my my vision of a concert uh, was a little bit different than than her vision. And this was like her first concert experience that that she'd ever gone to. Um, so I, I was excited because I love live music and I love just you know seeing you know great musicians do great things. Um, I had at the time never really heard of 21 Pilots, but I was eager to, you know, share in her experience. So we got tickets and we went to the show. And honestly, I was I was blown away. But, you know, not because it was just the music that I couldn't I really didn't relate to. But I the overall experience was just incredible. 
um, it was more than just the music. It was the lights and they were doing things. It's just a two man group, but they were doing things that I musically hadn't seen before and visually hadn't seen before. They had one example where they had a, the, the lead singer got actually gotten this huge ball and was like crowd surfing, singing at the same time, like rolling on the audience. <laughs> and it was unbelievable. And they had confetti flying everywhere. And it was just, it made me just, you know, sit up and think, wow, you know, there, there's so much more than just one dimension that we need to think about uh, and how we design particular experiences per mile. It's really about sight, sounds coming together, um, really creating these these wow moments for our, our consumers. Um, we, you know, and that's really, you know, what, what our team does um, in, in general. It's blending of technologies that are, are multidimensional um, to, to give experiences that are that are really greater than the sum of their parts um another example is we uh we at ces this past year we we rolled something out called naturescapes um and, and really particularly as we're we're all in lockdown you know it's really building on this theme of wellness but how do we how do we create a sanctuary and get people close to nature even though you know maybe we can't be and i think that's a real issue right now is how, how do you, you know, leverage technology to, to give us um, an experience that maybe we, we can't go to for obvious reasons on travel restrictions and other things. So we actually uh, had a partnership with the uh, National Parks Foundation, in which we traveled to uh, several national parks um, throughout the country, and we recorded a lot of the sounds specific to those parks. Uh, we went to Dry Tortugas and um, uh, Mammoth Cave, and actually Riley was a participant in this. He he went out to uh, Olympic National Park in Washington, and really were able to kind of immerse ourselves. That's the hard part of his job, by the way. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool experience. Um, I'll, uh, Riley, I'll let you tell the Max story next because that's a pretty good one. But, <laughs> um, um, but anyway, so we, the, the whole mission was really bring about these you know, three-dimensional sound fields and bring them into the, into the cabin so that it really makes you feel, you know, like you're, like you're there. And it's a very transformative experience. And, and you mentioned the whole connected space. And the, the cool thing about being connected is now we can add these hyper-personal experiences at the touch of a button, right? So if I like, you know, for example, you know, we have a whole database of, of soundscapes that we've created. Um, if I may like, you know, uh, Olympic or Mammoth Cave, and maybe you like um, being in Yosemite, and you can actually dial those in specific for how you want to listen to things. Um, and we can also build upon that because if we're all connected, then that that uh, list of those uh, natural environments is truly endless because we can constantly add to it and then be able to have users be connected to that at, at, the, at the touch of a button. Superb. And you mentioned that Riley's going to share with us the Mac story next. Is that right? <laughs> Well, yeah, let's, I'll, I'll walk through a couple of things, actually, because there's some cool highlights of like Naturescape specifically and what makes it so special. Uh, when we started, like, what's what's the why, right? What, what are we trying to create in the car? It's like Chris said, it's it's a complete experience such that if you close your eyes or maybe even in the future, you don't have to close your eyes. You're truly teleported to a different space. That's the goal, right? And obviously, teleporting you to a different space isn't just an audio thing. It's a complete multi-sensory experience. So a couple specific highlights. First, as far as the audio, like Chris mentioned, yeah, we went to these different parks. Uh, one of them, uh, yeah, so Max Willis, one of our colleagues, actually got to travel to Dry Tortuga. Uh, it's a 
very small um, island basically off the Keys, uh, the, the Florida Keys, um, just past the Everglades. And uh, he got to have a pretty great time because you can only get to this island from a ferry. So you have to book a ferry and basically tent camp or you know only primitive backpack type of camping the whole time. And talk about total immersion. I mean, going off the grid for a work trip here um, and going around trying to dodge ferry schedules and get on the island and get off the island within a certain amount of time and really cool time. Um, But when we were all there recording, what we do together is really to me personally, the the thing that brings audio experiences uh, to to life, like a vivid level of, of realism is spatial characteristics. So what I mean by that is Yes, you, you go to a place and you sit down and you close your eyes. You'll hear birds, right? Oh, there's a, a gamble quail here or a, a red-tailed hawk or whatever. But when you're in the real world, you hear these things in space, right? So one of the cool things is, uh, for example, when I was in Saguaro National Forest uh, or National Park, excuse me, um, they have curved build thrashers and they actually call to each other, right? So there's like a wit-wit kind of sound they make. And you'll hear one on the left and then one on the right. And they'll just go back and forth and back and forth. And if you just take one microphone and hold that out there. Yeah, you'll capture the sound, but you miss out entirely on that really immersive spatial characteristic. And what's really cool is then we bring that to life in the car with our patent pending automotive recording and spatial mixing process. And we can actually recreate that experience almost as if you were exactly there. Uh, So that's one cool thing. I mean, on top of that, we also have lighting to try to create some more subtle cues just with like mood lighting in the car. even if we look to the future, like full autonomy, um, we had one one concept a few years ago called Mood Roof, where you imagine in, in full autonomy where you don't need to have your eyes on the road. Say you've got a large format display on the ceiling of your car in the headliner. Well, who's to say you're stuck in traffic? Why can't you recline, look at some beautiful imagery, hear the beautiful sounds with spatial reproduction, and truly get that like almost 4D again. I'm doing air quotes, like like Bill said, but that <laughs> that multi sensory experience, so that it, it truly feels like you're on the beaches of Dry Tortuga, or you're in the uh, the mountains, or up on the Ho River in Olympic National Forest, or whatever it may be. And that's the intent we're trying to create. And it's something that again, you you can't just do it with audio. You can't just do it with light. It's only with the combination of all those things that it truly comes to life. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And, you know, the the picture that you're all painting here is a future where really powerful technology is the key differentiator in, you know, how people are going to choose which vehicle they're going to buy, which vehicle they're going to have access to. Bill, talk to us about, you know, what this means for the automotive industry and how central is this experience per mile approach, particularly around audio, to the consumer choice of the future? Yeah, it's almost the entire choice. So at, earlier I had mentioned, you know, you go back a few years, people would buy cars based on horsepower, turning radius. Now you don't hear an OEM talk about those things. If you go onto their website, I'm sure you can still find them. But the, the things that they are talking to consumers about are what happens inside the car, the feeling you get inside the car the things you can do inside the car, the places that the car can transport you to. And that's both the, hey, I'm going on a, an amazing drive up a winding road, but also the feeling that you get just from sitting in their beautiful hand-stitched leather seats. And so that idea of being able to really sell the experience inside the car, I think it's Audi had, 
for the last several years has been uh, pushing the idea that intelligence is the new rock star. So that whole space, you know, they're they're not talking about how fast I can go in the car at zero to 60. It's about how smart the car is. What kinds of things can the car do for you? And that selling proposition is here today. And it's only going to become more important as the experience economy continues to grow. And people just have the expectation every single day that the things we touch and the things that we interact with and the things that we use can do more than their basic purpose. So think about refrigerators. Refrigerators are starting to put speakers and television screens, I guess they call them monitors these days. They're connected to the internet. Like It's a refrigerator. It's supposed to keep my milk cold, but people (laughs) expect it to do 10 other things so that the full experience is there. No different in the car. So we're, we're seeing it start. It's, it's been gathering um, speed and steam. The momentum is there. And as we as Harman can bring more of these experiences to life, it's going to accelerate those trends. Amazing. That's that's so interesting. So I have one final question. I'm going to pitch it to you, Riley. Uh, Bill just spoke about this idea of the feeling inside the car. Can you see in the future a way for the in-car audio system to actually mirror the emotions? Absolutely. I mean, as far as mirror, I guess that could be interpreted a lot of different ways. But to me, to, to break this down a little bit, the step one is to deduce or, or detect what your emotion is. And that that's already has been working. I mean, that's there's been a lot of research on affect detection, both in the car and out of the car. And again, technology is kind of the main predicator of that. Now we've got some amazing computer vision technologies that we can use cameras or infrared or whatever it may be to, to kind of figure out what your mood is. And then, like I said, as far as controlling that, or you could say manipulating that, depending on what you want, absolutely. We have all these sensory experiences we've been talking about, music and light and sound and vibration and movement. All those things are just inputs to your own emotion. So why not? I mean, we, we have this amazing set of different levers we can pull and create these different experiences. And what we're trying to do is package them all together so that the user doesn't have to directly touch these. They just get the mood they want or get away from the mood they don't want on demand. Fantastic. Well, I'm afraid we've actually run out of time. So I just want to say thank you so much for joining us, Bill, Chris and Riley, to talk about the paradigm shift from RPM to EPM and why audio matters for the exciting future of the automotive industry. Listeners, do you have any questions or comments for the Audio Matters team? Find us on social media and get involved. And don't forget to subscribe using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer or your favorite podcast app. Tune in next week when Audio Matters will be exploring mega rigs, when we meet some of the biggest and best audio installations on the planet and talk to the experts who designed them. It is going to be loud. We'll see you next week. 